0: Um, so the reading is Luke 19, um, verses 1 to 10, which is on page 1105. It's, 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 it's not 1105, I'm pretty sure. Um, so Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost.
1: Thanks for the reading, and good evening, everyone. I'm Raf. And, um, yeah, like, um, I love that line, you know, when it says, right in the end, it says in here, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, you know, like, uh, I'm so glad that I didn't have to be in a position, I didn't have to be so spiritually fit or so, like, doing well for God to kind of encounter me, because that was certainly not my story, you know, um, um, most of you guys know me, I'm not here to talk about my story, I'm gonna talk about this passage, but, um, you know, uh, I was uh, a slave for 14 years to drugs and alcohol. You know, um, that consumed 14 years of my life, and uh, just a week ago, I've celebrated five years in COVID. You know, and um, and I didn't have, I didn't have to. Uh, it's not, you know, it's thanks to God, really. Do you know, what I mean, it's thanks to what He did in my life and for His grace and mercy, and um, and you know, that's certainly my story. You know, I wasn't raised in a Christian family. Uh, church is the last place I wanted to be. You know, I had no intentions of being friends with Christian people. In, in fact, I thought that, you know, Christian people was very boring. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I didn't want nothing to do with church, nothing to do with Bible, nothing to do with Jesus. I thought it was all about brainwashing. And, uh, and, and, and I had this encounter with Jesus that just changed my life. And, um, and I'm just so grateful, you know, that he encountered me not when I was doing so well. He encountered me when I was so depressed and suicidal. You know, so I love this line, and uh, when when Chris asked me to speak on these, I was like, man, it's he, perfect. You know, because many many of us, I think, have this experience, and um, I just wanna um, pray before before we start. So, Father, I just wanna I just wanna ask you that um, you know that uh, while I was preparing these, uh, what I'm gonna about, what I'm about to speak tonight. My main goal in here, Lord, is that if there's anyone here in this church, Father, struggling with what I'm about to speak, Lord, I just pray that you're going to use me as a vessel, Father, to speak truth into their lives. And I pray that as I speak, Lord, that they're going to realize, Father, and, and not just listen, but actually feel your presence and feel, Father, how much you love them, regardless of what they might be doing or saying or thinking, Lord. Just use me, Lord, and make it all about you, Father. Nothing to do with me, Lord, but the glory is all yours, Father. And I pray for those who are here to find, Father, this struggling in silence, Lord. I pray for healing tonight, God, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And, um, you know, like, um, I read this passage, yeah, and like, Jesus is like, Jesus entered uh, Jericho and was passing through. And it is weird because it says he was passing through, but when he saw Zacchaeus up that tree, he said to Zacchaeus, I must stay in your house. So if he was really just passing through, he wasn't going to say, I must stay in your house. You know, if you're saying to me that I must stay somewhere, there was a purpose and a plan and there was a reason for Jesus to be passing through there. You know, I truly believe. I obviously wasn't there, but I truly believe that even before Zacchaeus went up that tree, Jesus knew that he had to encounter him, because, as he said himself, he said, "I must stay in your house tonight." And um, I, I always like to read the Bible and kind of reflect. Like, if it was me, you know, so Zacchaeus go up that tree, and and, and Jesus says, um, "What is it?" I don't know. He says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Wow. You know, imagine if Jesus comes right now to me and say, hey, Raf, man, uh, you know, get, get down that tree. Get, stop whatever you're doing because I need to go to your house right now. How would you guys feel like that? I mean, seriously. I would think, man, I left that smelly sock in the corner in there for two weeks. Oh, man, like, you know, that Hagen Dice pot of ice cream that I ate three days ago is still there. Or perhaps, you know, Jesus want to use my laptop. And what is in the history of my laptop? You know, maybe there are some dirty over-18 magazines hidden under the bed that, you know, Jesus, do you mind if I just like call in half an hour? No, seriously, I'm just going to get my, you know, no rush. Just grab yourself a coffee, talk to Robbie and Ben, and, you know, chill out. I'm going to go home, do some things that I need to do, and once I'm done, I will call you. Right? I don't know you guys, but, you know, uh, there is things that, you know, that we do, that, you know, there is. And I really love when I speak to be honest about stuff because I know there's a lot of people in church that is that mentality. I have to pretend I'm doing everything perfect so then I can come here. And that's the wrong mentality because we believe in a God that died for us when we were still sinners. You know, if you're waiting to be right, if you're waiting to be in a really good spiritual position to then meet him, perhaps you're in the wrong faith. You know, because he's wrong. He's another faith that believes that you need to do a lot of stuff so you can then encounter Jesus, you know, encounter God. Our faith is the opposite. You know, we encountered him by what he did and nothing to do with what we did. So, yeah, I think I would say, Jesus, you know what, when, like, let, let me get done without realizing that actually I'm never going to get done. I don't believe any of us ever going to become sinless. There was only one man on earth that was sinless, and his name was Jesus Christ. And that's the man that we praise, and that's the man that we worship, and that's the man that we believe to be God, you know. And, uh, you know, I love the way he he ends the passage. It says in here uh, that Zacchaeus came and welcomed him gladly. He said, yeah, Lord, you know what? You know, God, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was a chief priest, He knew that he was like a, you know, a scumbag or a dirty man or everyone judged him. You know, everyone looked down at him and didn't pay attention to him. Jesus knew that. You know, Jesus didn't choose like the the, the religious guy or the guy who knew the scripture all along. he, He didn't choose the person who was ready for heaven. Jesus chose a guy who was looked down by everyone. And he said, it's in your house that I must stay. You know, and uh, I'm really surprised with Zacchaeus, because Zacchaeus' response is, he came down straight away and he says, I welcome you gladly. And if I'm honest with you, that would not be my answer. My answer, as I said, would be, give me just half an hour, and then I bring you home. You know, let me just sort out some stuff, some secrets that I have that nobody knows. So then you can come into my house. And Jesus is saying... You know, like, I don't want it to be ready. In fact, it will never be ready. That's the reason why I spread my precious blood upon that cross. It's because without it, you would never be in a relationship with me. You know, and, um, you know, it says Jesus was only passing through, as it says in the passage. But uh, as I said before, like, if you're telling me that I must stay in Zacchaeus' house, he wasn't just passing through. He knew from the beginning that, uh, he needed to see Zacchaeus so he could go to his house. So Jesus knew, and there was a purpose to meet him. And, uh, and 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 as I was saying, Jesus knew that he was broken. He was a he was a man that nobody wanted to spend time with. He was like a, a you know involved with corruption and taking people's money away and destroying family uh, homes and all that stuff. You know, and uh, what I get from it is that you know it doesn't matter what's hidden in your house. It doesn't matter what secret you're keeping. You know, that you think that, you know, uh, nobody's going to ever know as long as I, you know, I just smile when I come to church and say everything is cool, nobody's going to know. You know, like uh, uh, when we're doing that, the only people we're lying to is to ourselves because Jesus knows. Jesus knows exactly what wrath struggles with. Jesus knows the defects I have. Jesus knows the things that I pretend to be doing really well, but I'm not. You know, so every time I'm, I'm doing those things, I'm actually lying to myself. And as it says in here, you know, Jesus chose, you know, he came for the lost and for the broken. You know, it says in here, he wants to come and stay in your house tonight and help you to do some inside cleaning. The question is, you know, are we sick and tired of being sick and tired of those secrets? You know, are are we tired of, like, coming to church on a Sunday and pretending that life is great just because, you know, we are Christians and there is no struggle? The Lord, are we open with ourselves and honest enough to actually say, you know what, like, I need to do some inside cleaning. You know, I need a lot of help in here. And, uh, you know, are you ready for Jesus to come and help you to clean your house? You know, if we take, pay attention to this passage in here, I see that, you know, it's like went up that tree to see Jesus. You know, for me, the way I see that passage is he was showing Jesus that, you know what, Jesus, I'm ready. You know, I understand that the fact he went up the tree is because he was a short man, but... Jesus knew from the beginning that Zacchaeus was there. What I believe that Zacchaeus done in there is he was showing to Jesus that he was ready. He was ready to invite Jesus into his life so he could get free from certain things. You know, and uh, it's how I see God's love, you know. Like, I really don't believe that um, God forces his presence upon our lives. You know, he gives us dominion over the earth. You know, he says, you guys from now on, You know, we see that in Genesis, you know, you do whatever you want to do. You know, it's yours. You know, I'm here for you the day you need me. You know, he doesn't force our presence, you know, his presence upon our lives. You know, he's waiting for me and you to go up that tree and to show him, listen, Jesus, I'm here for you. Can you come and help me? You know, just like Zacchaeus did. You know, um, secrets never helped me uh, anyhow. Uh, It just led me to think that I was the only one. I'm the only one. Uh, to being in a church and to have such an appropriate fault sometimes. Am I the only one? Okay, great, I am. Uh, but, you know, you know, the, 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 the enemy convinced me that, you know, you, 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 know, you, you are the only one, Ralph, that can think about these things and you are the only one that could be doing those things and so on and on and on. And the, what that leads me to is that leads me to guilty, that leads me to shame, that leads me to, to think that I don't belong here. And worse than all, it leads me to just walk away from faith and to forget about it all because I think that God's not going to love me because I'm doing such and such and such. You know, and uh, I met this guy once. He's a pastor from uh, New York. Um, he's a friend of ours, but he knows him. And, uh, and he once said to me, he said, Raph, you're not taking your secrets to the grave. Your secrets are taking you to the grave. You know, he said, you know, uh, you know he said, stop pretend He said, stop, like, trying to pretend for people who are not even looking at you. He said, look at the one that died for you. Look at the one that wants to save you. You know, and um, it took me a long time to understand. Like I used to feel really guilty. Let's say like sometimes it can be, I don't know, I'm in church. You know, you guys are my brothers and sisters. And sometimes I can sit here and I look at you and I start to judge you. And to be honest, most of the time it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with where I'm at. I'm feeling low about myself. I'm struggling at home with certain things. And then what I do to escape from myself is I judge you. You know, or, or, or I can have even more inappropriate thoughts than that. You know, and what the enemy does is the enemy, con- con- you know, he convinces me that, um, you know, that you are dirty, Ralph. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't even be talking in church. You shouldn't, you know, and so on and on and on. It took me a long time to understand that the enemy does have access to our minds. He does have access. He can put ideas into your mind. What he doesn't have the power to do is to dictate those thoughts to become actions. And us, we're having a relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to act upon those things. You know, I like this story that this guy told me. He said, the enemy going to get this bottle here. You know, and he's going to say, hey, Ben, man, uh, I want us, you know, this bottle here costs like 500 pounds. Can you buy it? And you're like, I used to think I'm stupid. Come on, 500 pounds. That's not even a pound. And the enemy, no, 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 seriously, 500 pounds, and that's the best purchase you're going to do in your whole life. And you're going to buy it. And once you buy it, he's going to look at you and say, you are such a sucker. You're so stupid, Ralph. So, you know, the enemy gives me things. He gives me ideas. And he condemns me from having the faults that he put in my mind in the first place. And I know what it is to have guilty and shame from those things without understanding that, you know what, Ralph, that has nothing to do with you. You know, all you have to do when that happens is pray to God and say, God, listen, man, right now. I'm in church, I'm trying to, wor- to worship you, I'm trying to concentrate in your words, but I'm judging my brother, on my sister, You know, and, um, and many other things, you know, that we don't talk about. Sometimes it can be with your girlfriend, and, and, and another girl walks by, and you look and you say, oh, that she's nice, and, you know, and people don't talk about it. But we all have inappropriate faults now and again. You know, it's understanding that those faults don't necessarily belong to you. You know, the same way there is God, there is the enemy who's going to try and put faults in your mind and make you feel guilty about the fault that didn't belong to you in the first place. You know, and um, I really like this thing, you know, that this guy said in here. He said, you and I are more sinful than you would like to admit. But also, we are more loved by God than you could ever imagine. You know, so you and I, are more sinful or keeping more secrets than you would like to admit. But we are more loved by God than you could ever imagine. You know, and um, God knows what you're struggling with. You know, uh, God knows what I'm struggling with. You know, and um, he knows and, 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 and he still wants you. You know, He, he, he like, just like if like he was a kid, he's still like looking up at you in that tree and saying, man, come down. Let me go to your house and do some cleaning with you. Let me just help you, Raf, to take that smelly sock away from there. You know, let me help you to take that pot of and dust that's there for three days. And let's take that away. You know, let me come with you and do some cleaning. Let me help you. You know, he said, I know how sick you are. I know the struggles you have, and I, I know all those thoughts going in your mind. I know the times when you read the Bible and you're thinking, is this even true? You know, uh, he knows. He knows. He knows because he knows that the enemy is accessing your mind and telling you lies. And he still loves you and he still wants to be with you. You know, and, um, you know, when Jesus visited Zacchaeus' home, Zacchaeus, sorry, in Portuguese we say Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. So for me it's really confusing. I'm trying to distinguish between Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus, is that how he's, okay, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, or John, whatever. It's Zacchaeus. So after Jesus visited uh, his house, Yeah, Zacchaeus was shocked because he's like, man, like I have this porn magazine in there. I have everything dirty in here. I'm broken. I'm lost and I'm confused. And do you want to come to my house? Come on, just in that house, there is that man that everyone loves and he's respected and he's a religious man. He's the priest. Why don't you go to his house? Why do you want to come to my house for? You know, it was so overwhelming for Zacchaeus to know that Jesus Christ wanted to go to his house. When he was destroying family homes, when he was looked down by everyone, it was so overwhelming for him that, um, that Jesus still chose to hang out with him. And his grace upon his life and the lack of judgment with him was so, so overwhelming for Zacchaeus that, you know, he didn't just like um, that, that, that grace and that mercy upon his life, it led him to repentance. You know, Zacchaeus comes to Jesus and says, look, Lord. You know, in the passage, it says in here that um, uh, once he said to Zacchaeus he was going to go to his house, the guys started to gossip and to mutter about it. You know, what, what is this guy doing in, in that sinner's house? What are you going there for? And Zacchaeus' response was, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount You know, so he didn't like uh, simply say, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the things I've done. He said, I'm so sorry for the things I've done, but this is what I'm willing to do. You know, I'm willing to to repair that. I'm willing to, you know, the the, the grace that came from Jesus to him was so overwhelming that led him to repent and to actually live in a different way, you know. And um, it's not that he was just willing to like... uh, hide the magazine or, or, or put the, you know, ice cream pot in the bin. He was actually willing really to have an inside clean, not just to put the dust under the carpet like we normally do. You know, he welcomed Jesus gladly to come and actually free him from those things, you know, and, um, you know, letting go of the inside dirty, you know, that was blocking him from having a relationship with God. You know, I truly believe that, like, um, yeah, Jesus died for us when we were still sinners. Great, we know that. I truly believe that from God's perspective, right, the way he looks at us. Let's say there is a, 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 a channel, like from, you know, from heaven to here. I truly believe that there is nothing in there, like Ben prayed, that he would like to change in you. Nothing at all. He created you. He, loved you just, he loves you just the way you are. And he wouldn't change anything. And he doesn't care what you're doing. And he still loves you. But I don't know if you can relate to what I'm about to say, but there's a lot of things that I do that put blockages in that channel. You know, uh, I used to smoke cigarettes. Uh, you know, uh, even after I stopped using drugs, I was still smoking cigarettes. And, and, and what I've realized is that every time that I was angry, or every time that I was distressed, or every time I was facing a challenging situation, rather than bringing that struggle to God and praying, What I was doing is, you know, and I found out that actually I'm treating cigarette as God. I'm using that cigarette to, you know, to to relieve the pain because it's like if I'm saying to God, listen, God, I believe in you, I love you, but I don't believe you are as powerful as that dose of nicotine. They're going to enter my brain and relieve me. You know, so there is nothing that stops him from loving you and connecting with you, but there is a lot of things that wrath does that stops wrath from feeling the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes I can come to church, man, why I don't feel God? Why I don't feel God? Maybe because you're chasing everything but God. You know, how many times I eat all my feelings? Do you guys do that as well? I have a really stressful day at work, and I'm going home, and I know I'm putting weight since I stopped smoking two years ago, and I'm like, wrath, it's 9 p.m., don't order egg fried rice, a sweet and sour chicken, Hong Kong style, and a banana frita. Don't do that. It's 9 o'clock. And I order it. I'm not even hungry. I'm just feeling low. And I want to get that sugar hit. They're going to do for me what I don't believe that God is capable of doing. You know, and I don't realize that I'm putting these things in. A, a, you know, I'm seeking always the, 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 the instant gratification. God is about delayed gratification. But I like to seek instant gratification. Give me something now, they're gonna help me to feel less depressed. Give me something now, they're gonna make me be happy. You know, and in reality is, you know, Jesus says that He's the living water. Any water I drink from, I become first in half an hour. So when you go to McDonald's, I love McDonald's, but half an hour later I'm like, What did I have to eat today? You just had two big Macs just disappears that that's you know that's the instant gratification that i keep on seeking knowing that just gonna fix me temporarily but i keep on choosing going back to those things it's quite weird you know and um you know i didn't realize that every time uh, i have uh, a, a struggle or every time i have a situation where i need to seek god i'm either seeking food or i'm seeking a relationship I'm seeking that girl that I believe I'm in love with, or I'm seeking that pot of ice cream that I believe is going to give me the sugar heat that I need so I can feel better. I didn't realize that every time I was doing that, what I'm actually doing with myself is I'm robbing the opportunity of flourishing that relationship with Jesus because I'm placing false idols in front of him. And, um, and you know, great wrath yeah, You're telling me that Jesus is the living water. Um, he's the only one that can kind of... Uh, You know, um, fulfill us. Really nice. Do you do that all the time? Come on. (laughs) You know, come on. But the thing is, you know, the question I ask is, you know, how? After telling me that, you know, these things are temporary fix. God is the is the permanent fix. Is it? God is the one that's gonna, you know, satisfy your hunger and the one that's gonna, you know, make you never feel thirsty again. But I hear a lot of people in church, they talk about having a relationship with God, but they don't actually talk about how to have that relationship. And I find it really simple. I once heard this guy uh, explaining to me, he said, Raph, imagine like, um, imagine if you have a girlfriend, right? And you go to your girlfriend and say, hey, good morning, hon. And then, you know, before you go to sleep, hey, good night, hon. How is that relationship going to be? Do you think that relationship is a really... Do you think that relationship is going to develop? You know, if you're in a relationship with someone, you need to know who that person is, the things they like, the things that they don't like, what their values are, what their ideas are. You know, you need to kind of invest time with that person so you can actually develop a relationship. And the same thing with God. You know, I can't just say, you know, wake up in the morning, morning God, thank you for another day. And then at 10 o'clock in the evening, thank you God for another day and expect things to kind of, uh, you know, to have a really beautiful relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, if I do that, I'm absolutely not going to have that relationship. You know, and uh, for me, the way to get to know Jesus primarily, you know, to be honest with me, is quite controversial because my story is that I didn't encounter Jesus through the Bible. He encountered me when I was in a situation that I don't want to go into now, but I had this encounter with Jesus. I, I, did, I don't believe in Jesus because I read the Bible, I read the Bible because I encountered Jesus. was the opposite. You know, but if that's not your story, the way to get to know Jesus is by getting to know who he is. And where can you read about Jesus in the Bible? You know, you need to invest time in the Bible, you know, what is it that Jesus likes? You know, how is it that Jesus wants me to live? You know, um, and the same stands in a relationship with your partner or, or with your mom or with your dad. Imagine if your partner comes and says, hey, uh, I don't like when you talk to me that way. And you keep on doing that, that relationship probably gonna end, right? If you keep on doing things that people don't want you to do, that relationship probably gonna end one day. You know, and, um, you know, so I need to read the Bible. I need to start, you know, getting to know uh, what Jesus wants me to do, how he wants me to live, and the things he wants me, you know. How, uh, it's the thing, we we can't take grace, like cheap grace that we call. It's not that because he died for me when I was a sinner that I can continue doing whatever I want to do and expecting to be living all right. Because um, my experience in life is I can choose the things I want to do, but the same doesn't stand for the consequences. You know, you don't have the power to choose the consequences. You know, we we make decisions in life sometimes where uh, you like it or not, we are going to have to pay for them. You're going to have to face whatever consequences it might be. And, uh, you know, so it's about reading God's Word and, uh, and, and, you know... you start to come to church. People say, oh, "I can be a, uh, to be a Christian. I don't need to come to church." Well, he said that we need to be in communion. You need to be around people from the same faith. What the disciples did right in the beginning is they spent time together, they fellowshiped together, they broke bread together, they remembered Jesus together. You know, on my own, I'm going to think of anything else other than this. You know, we need each other to continue encouraging each other and, and, and seeking this relationship with God. You know, and. Um, just want to read this passage again that it says so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly all the people saw this and began to mutter. he has gone to be the guest of a sinner but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the lord look lord here now i give half of my possessions to the poor and if i have cheated anybody out of anything i will pay back four times the amount you know so jesus love and grace led him to change the way he was living You know, so that relationship with Jesus wasn't just like, um, um, you know, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. But it was like, actually, let me show you how grateful I am for the love and mercy that you poured out of my life. And I'm going to show that in the way I live. You know, because I really struggle sometimes because, you know, if you're believing in Jesus and you're following Jesus, at some point in that walk, you're going to have to start thinking less about yourself and more about others. You know, coming to church is amazing, but if I leave church and I walk past a homeless person and I can't even pay attention to them, to what extent am I, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, it's great to read the Bible. It's great to come to church and worship God, but am I living my faith? Am I helping the need and the poor? Am I, you know, even if it's, we can't help the whole world, don't get me wrong, I don't walk around helping, you know, by going to Aslan and, and carrying bags. From, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you can't read the gospel and continue living the same way you've been living. Because if that's the case, you probably never have read it properly or you never heard about it. You know, I truly believe that you can't read the gospel without getting changed. You know, and, um, you know, I I need to be, I I give an example. Like, you know, Jesus talks about uh, praying for our enemies, right? Praying for those who, who we have problems with and those we struggle with. Um, When I was leading uh, Believers in Recovery, the service that uh, they have here on Tuesdays, there was a guy that I really, really, really struggled. You know, we all have one person that we can't stand. One person that we see and we're like, man, I wish you would go to that church and across the road. We all have, you know, you can be laughing in identification. We all have, you know, and I have it too. And these guy, he used to come, and, and I used to look at him and think, Man, I know that Jesus is for the lost and for the broken, but can you, can you just go somewhere else? That's how I felt. I really felt saying to that guy, Please, man, walk away from here. I can't stand you. But I had to remember that, you see what Zacchaeus did? He went up the tree to show God that he was willing to change. He wanted to see Jesus. And, you know, it's like me, for example, like, Yeah, I hate you. And I'm saying, God, I know that I shouldn't hate him. I know he's my brother, but I just can't. Can you just come and remove this from me? You know, if you read the same Bible that I read, God always uses us to partner with him. He wants a partnership. So what I started to do with this particular guy is I come to Believers on Tuesday. Tony's coming through the door. I'm like, oh, my God, man, this guy again. But I actually woke up to him. Hey, bro, how are you doing? Really good to see you. I love your T-shirt, man. Really sweet. You. Do you want a cup of coffee? In he my head, I'm thinking you. bastard, get out of here. So what I started to do is I started to go up the tree and show Jesus, listen, man, here I am. I'm doing my part. Can you please do yours now? You know, and before I used to think, oh, you're being fake. No, you're not being fake. You're being mature. You don't have to like someone to respect someone. You know, you have to learn how to put your feelings aside. If you don't like that person, then remember that you come into a church where you believe in a God that told you to pray for your enemies and not curse at them. You know, when Jesus was, che- was cheated by Judas, after his resurrection, when he saw Judas again, he called him a brother and not a backstab. You know, and, and that's the guy that we believe in. And, you know, I had to start doing things like that, showing God that, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to try and take that thing away from me because I don't want to have it, you know. And, um, but all that has to start with the reading. You have to start with the practice. You know, I, I once heard from this guy that I really loved. He was a very, like, uh, important guy in my life, and he still is. He said, we can only do better if we know better. If you don't even read the Bible, you won't, you, I mean, you don't even know who you're following. Because you don't know, you know, who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's still doing, you know. But reading alone and not applying it is it, it, pointless. You know, it's pointless. So I, I had to read it. I had to get to know who Jesus is and start to apply these things in my life. And, and, and that's how a relationship starts. You know, um, there's many people. You know, there's a lot of people out there, and I was one of them. There's many people that knows the Word of God, but they don't know the God of the Word. There's a lot of people in churches. They know the Word of God. They quote you the Scripture, but they walk outside and the drunk man come and just because he stinks, he said, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. So you know the Word of God, great, and you can quote it and you can speak about it, but you can't help someone who is suffering. You know, so that's knowing the Word of God, but you don't know the God of the Word. And uh, it makes me reflect, you know, how many times I'm the one doing. I'm mean, the times I'm the busy guy that you know I have too much going on that I have work, and you know, I just don't have time for you I'm sorry maybe someone will help I'm going to pray for you <laughs> easy saying you know, I'm going to pray for you you know am I willing really to go up that tree and do a bit more you know and uh, I want to ask you know what is it that is holding us back you know what is it that we are doing that's blocking that relationship with Jesus What is it that is blocking me from actually feeling the Holy Spirit and being able to carry on, you know, the faith that I believe? You know, what is it that just like Zacchaeus I need to repent from and and walk away from those behaviors? You know, is it someone that maybe like harmed you? Is it someone that you, you harmed? And even if it's someone that harmed you, Perhaps what's blocking you is because that person has harmed you and you're unable to forgive her. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't, I'm not, I'm never, uh, i am never, I had these clients, like uh, I work uh, supporting family members of drug addicts, and, uh, and I had this client, she said, I'm never going to forgive my daughter. She's being a terrible man for, uh, you know, she, she's using drugs rather than looking after my grandson. I will never forgive her. And I looked at her and I said, how well is that working for you? Because you seem to be angry all the time. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you're going to forgive them to allow them to come into your life and mess up all again. Forgiving someone. I forgive people for two reasons. First of all, because I was forgiven by God without deserving it. And the second reason I forgive people is because I don't want to walk, carrying resentment, anger, and stress my whole life. I forgive people because I want to be free. You know, so if, if, you know, perhaps it's someone that harmed you or someone that you have harmed but you can't forgive. You know, what's the mess that you have at home that nobody knows and is killing you with shame and guilty? You know, what's the secret? You know, what is it that you need to allow Jesus to come and hang out with you and do some inside cleaning? You know, Jesus found Zacchaeus, you know, a dirty man and he chose to hang out with him and as a result of that, he transformed his life just like with a lot of us. You know, what changed my life wasn't like the things that I did was knowing that, you know, I, I was in a place uh, in my life where even my family used to lock the doors, you know, scared of you know, stealing some money or doing this or doing that because of the life I was living. You know, so I, I, I was living such a life where I was kind of, and, and I'm not blaming my family. They've done that to protect themselves because of who I became through, through taking drugs. But when you come from a place where even your own blood family is saying, go away, and Jesus says, listen, man, come here, let me hang out with you. He had to change my life, you know. His love was just overwhelming. It was just overwhelming, you know. And um, So Zacchaeus, he spotted him. Sorry, Jesus, is spotted Zacchaeus, and, uh, you know, he spotted Ralph, and he spotted Emily, and, and Daniel, and Vadim, and all of us. One day he spotted us, and he says, listen, man, I don't care what you're doing. I love you. Come and hang out with me. And now I believe that Jesus wants us to go and to spot the next Zacchaeus. You know, who is the person that you know? Who is the Zacchaeus that you know? A person that is struggling, or perhaps is a drug addict in your neighborhood, or perhaps is a drunk guy that sometimes comes into church. You know, who is the Zacchaeus that you know that perhaps God wants to use you so they can get, that Zacchaeus can get to know Jesus who is this person that you know? I'm gonna share this story with you, and I'm coming to to an end now. Um, about three not three months over there, about seven months ago, um, I live in Dagenham, but the, the nearest train station is Barking, and then you know, and then it's not far from there. Um, you know, what day where everything is going wrong, like I don't know, your boss is just like annoying you, and you're not feeling good, and you're having like a terrible day. You know, and I just want to go home. I don't, you know, I'm seeing phone calls, and I'm like, man, please, I speak to you tomorrow. Don't call me today. You know those days where you're just feeling like you just you just had enough? And um, I get to parking station, and I see the bus I need to get, and I run to the bus. And the driver saw that I was running, and it didn't cost him anything to stop and open that door for me. But the driver just decided that he was going to go away, and he left me in there. And I was already in a point where I was like, man, like, this is the worst day. And then the driver does that, he really pissed me off. I was really like, why did you do that? And then I looked to the right and I see a guy coming with, you know, a Muslim-looking guy coming my way with, uh, you know, a disabled man, you know, walking difficulties. And uh, my first thought was like, man, I have a really bad day. First driver was bastard, and I have these men coming and asking for money. I was like, oh my god, completely judgmental, you know? The guy didn't even approach me yet, and I'm thinking he's gonna ask me for money. And the guy gets next to me and he said, hey brother, I say, hey man, you alright? What do you want? Say, can you get me something to eat? I'm starving. That man didn't want any money at all. He was just starving. And, uh, and I looked at him and I said, Hey, man. I said, uh, I felt so guilty. You know, I was judging him. And I said, Man, just take a seat here on this bench. I'm just going to go. And uh, you know I just went to the chicken chip shop and got him a chicken burger or whatever it was. And, and I sat down with him and I said, Listen, man, well, what's going on? What's wrong with you? He said, Man, I just came to the UK two months ago uh, and I was promised uh, back in Afghanistan where I you can see I'm disabled and it's difficult the guy who promised me the job never gave me the job in the first place I'm in Leon here I can't even work my wife is looking after our two children said so I don't know what to do I so just want to go back to my country and desperate. and I looked at that man you know like uh, you know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you because I knew he was a Muslim but God was telling me you need to tell this man about myself and I looked at him when I gave him the food and I sat down and started to talk to him for five, ten minutes and I said listen man do you mind if I pray for you I actually said do you believe in God and he said of course I do he said I'm a Muslim I said do you, do you mind if I pray for you he said absolutely no problem and he held it my really wanted that prayer and I started to pray and I'm a Christian and I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ and I prayed blessing over his life and I, you know I prayed that the, the little bit of love that I was showing him was just a glimpse of how much Jesus loved him and after I finished that prayer that man gave him a hug and he was crying like a little kid in front of the station and he said thank you very much for doing that for me that guy was his Zacchaeus that God placed in my life so I could do it. Who is the a around your life? Father, just thank you, Lord, for tonight. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Bible, Lord. I thank you for your glory, for your mercy, Lord. Father, I thank you that we don't need to be right, Lord. We just need to surrender, Lord. And your grace and your love is just overwhelming, Father. Father, we live in a society where we are worth it if we have this or that. And we feel, Lord, for you, nothing matters, Lord, but just who we are. Lord. Father, I thank you for your presence right now, Lord. Father, I pray for that Muslim man, Father. Wherever he might be, if he's back in his country, Father, I pray, Lord, that he knows you now, Lord. I pray that he might be in peace, Father. I pray that his juniors might be blessed today, Father. Lord, I pray that the food that they lacked, Father, now they have in abundance, Lord. Pray for dignity in his life, Lord. Father, I pray for us in this church in here. I pray that um, as we go out of church tonight, Lord, Father, that we're not going to go out the same way, Lord. I pray that we're going to make the effort, Father, at least being kind to one person during the whole week, Lord. That till next Sunday, Lord, we are going to have a story to bring of the Zacchaeus that we found. And that through us, they have encountered you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you're going to open our eyes and our ears. I pray that you're going to put our defects aside so we can actually open our eyes, Lord, and see who is that person that you want us to carry the gospel to you, Lord. You know, before I end that um, you don't need to come and share with me the secret that you have, you don't need to come and you know tell everyone here in church I don't mind, You know I've been free, I, sh- I share about stuff that sometimes people are like, how can you have the courage to talk about what you told me I talk, I don't care, I've been free, it's not about what you think of me anymore, it's about how loved I am by God you know I've done horrendous stuff in my life, and yet he chose me to forgive me for some reason, I don't know why I really don't know why, but he chose what can I do about it or whatever you're struggling with today. Find someone, one person that you trust in your life. There's something very important about bringing a human being to this story as well. Sometimes you can pray to God and you can confess to God, but choose one person that you trust and speak to that person about whatever you might be doing because if that person is a Christian, they will forgive you and they will accept you regardless. Regardless. Find someone that you can share with Don't suffer alone. Don't suffer alone. The enemy is going to convince you that you're the only one. And with that, you're going to be carrying depression. You're going to be carrying anger, resentment. I mean, that's so negative for you. Get free from it. Welcome him gladly, just like Zacchaeus did. Get down that tree. Hey, Jesus, I'm here. Come to my house. Yeah, I'm full of dirty stuff, but just come. Uh, to finish I just once heard that when you're listening to someone that's an act of love so I just would like to thank you guys
0: for loving each tonight and I'm going to leave it here, thank
1: you